Damian Chase throwing on the run, and it is caught. Touchdown, Keenan Allen. What a grab. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. That's the Warrior spirit right there, boy. Huge sack by Joey Bosa. 90-yard touchdown. 90-yard touchdown. It's going to be picked off at the 8-yard line by Derwin James. Herbert sets his feet, takes a shot downfield, has Knighton. Caught. Touchdown, Chargers. That's the greatest throw I've ever seen. And welcome all to the Thunder Down Under Chargers Football Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Prophet, joined by me good mates, Jack Reed and Alistair Lloyd, here to talk some week six football. Boys, thank you for joining me. How are we feeling a couple days removed from the OT win? Yo, we won a close game. Yes, thank you. Three on the trough, baby. Ooh, how good, how good. Well, plenty of ins- great insights to get through from the Broncos game along with a preview for our Week 7 encounter with the Seattle Seahawks. As always, guys, please please take the time to give the video a like and subscribe uh, to our channel if you haven't already or if you're new. Welcome. We appreciate you guys tuning into our show and we'd love to be able to reach more awesome Chargers fans, so thank you in advance. All right, Week 6 is in the books. The Los Angeles Chargers 19, the Denver Broncos 16. Woo! Primetime Herbert and the Chargers, under the watchful eyes of Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, much to Jack's dismay, were always going to be in for a fight against Russell Wilson and a top five NFL defense. Some say Corey Lindsley copped the wrong end of Herbie's Cleveland victory brisket, so he missed with food poisoning. Keenan still couldn't get up and Trey Pipkins was playing with a sprained MCL. The story was set, O-line issues, it was hard to know which Herbert we were going to get on the night. After a juicy P.I. call, the first of many for Damari Mathis, thank you very much, the Chargers were straight into the Broncos' territory. But a few off-time and misdirected throws saw the Chargers punt from Denver's 39-yard line. Not really fair on J.P. Scott's net net yardage and a few signs of offensive chemistry issues to start the game. While the majority of the defense had come to play, a 20-yard P.I. call and blown coverage on a 39-yard TD score were worrying signs early for J.C. Jackson. Broncos went up 10-0, and things weren't looking great. Russell Wilson near perfect, Chargers O-line in struggle town. The second quarter was the start of the fight back, the Bolts answering with an Eckler rush TD from the six, Zion Johnson driving him over the goal line. Coming out of the halftime break, the Chargers squared the ledger with another field goal, kicker D-Hop clearly suffering from an apparent hamstring injury, but sending it through from 31. A huge sack by Derwin James forced the second of three consecutive punts by the Broncos. Personnel changes helping the Chargers' defense quash Russell Wilson, the front seven particularly great. It was field goal for field goal as neither offense seemed to be able to get a rhythm. Going into the second half, Drew Tranquil was massive with sacks on back-to-back third and sixes, the second of which sent me running around Alistair's living room. I could have blown his roof off. It gave hope for a final two-minute drill to take the lead. Almost bizarre clock management and short field play calling left things to a Hail Mary attempt. Time expired. Boys were heading to overtime. Defense continued its way, forcing two three and outs on Denver. What ensued on the Chargers' second possession was nothing short of blissful anarchy. A booming JP Scott punt allowed Jasia Taylor to make an incredible heads-up play on the return yeah, blocker. Yeah, yeah. Forcing the muff punt recovered by Dean Leonard. The rookies combining for a turnover on special teams. Injured D-Hop, the hero, seals the game from 39 yards 
That's right, Chargers win from a special teams turnover in overtime, sealed by a field goal from an injured kicker. <laughs> Love it. Well, the Chargers are tied for the lead in the AFC West, a three-game win streak. Don't you forget it. Jack, is that the most uncharged way to finish a game that you've ever experienced? Uh, close to, I think. I think the mo I think the top what tops that was at KC when Philip Rivers threw to Mike Williams for the two point conversion when we won. Oh, uh, yeah. and I lost my absolute mind and also my shirt. Funnily very enough, quickly, if you want to look at that very, very quickly. Never it was seen off. A man removing his shirt as fast. <laughs> Actually we'll post that one in the description for the YouTube listeners. We shake the foundations and we get nude real quick. We will. We will. <laughs> that's very funny. That's that's up on Twitter forever. Um I, I'll start with something really important. Andy, you touched on it, but if you were to tell me that this player had eight tackles, two sacks, three pressures, a 36.4 pass rush win rate, three yards allowed in coverage, and two tackles for loss. Drew Tranquil was the linebacker we have been waiting to see. What an absolute game. And hey, Brandon, let's blitz the linebackers because when we do, we look fun. And Drew Tranquil shot out of a cannon. And that, uh, as you mentioned, Andy, that sack that he had on Russell Wilson, I was going, sucked in Russell Wilson, you fraud. That was my interesting part. I love Drew Tranquil's game. So good. And as like powerful as that big nine-yard loss was, it was almost the the sack on the the drive beforehand where he's watched Wilson scramble uh, to his left or Tranquil's left and then chased him around and still managed to get him for that four-down loss. 100%. Awesome Awesome game. So good to see that sort of development. Um, continue for, for him. Al. Hey, I want to start with something a bit fun. Uh, I went on to the Mile High Report, which is the Denver Broncos fan community forum run by SB Nation. Here are just a couple of a couple of fun little posts. Um, Michael Jugs of Porter writes, probably no easy fix. It's going to take years to get Wilson's money off and draft a new QB. <laughs> <laughs> I'm wow. all for trading most anyone on offense. They suck. And then this is my favorite. This is by Bucko5. I keep seeing Hackett and Wilson, but are you okay with this O-line? Because right behind Hackett, I see that is the biggest problem. Of course, Wilson's contract sucks, but all that aside, I rate the problems in order. Hackett, play calling, game management, discipline, offensive line, injuries, Wilson, field vision and not being able to do what he used to do, but paid for it nonetheless, running back depth. Gordon is washed up. Boone can't catch or pass block. Wide receiver effort. Lazy routes, drops. Judy and Hamler's raging on the sideline. Get a mirror, guys. Judy, why aren't you getting open? The season is over, so please, NFL, please take us out of prime time viewing. <laughs> wow. And that, you know, I think we get that we get the flavor, but they've blown up over there. Nothing yeah. is better to see. As Chargers fans, they're a long storied, successful franchise winning yeah. Super Bowls, Elway, Manning. Yeah. And we thought, I think we all thought deep in our, you know, hearts, in our Chargers hearts, that we might see another kind of champion team come out with Hackett and Wilson. And it's just great to take the chocolates on the first week. Um, as to the game itself, I thought Brandon Staley's second half adjustments was possibly the best thing we've seen from a Chargers defense since Staley took the reins. And the stats tell the tale. Russell Wilson goes from having 10 out of 10 completions early in the second half. He is 3 of 11 for 15 yards. Incredible. And Jack blitzing relentlessly 
not just blitzing linebackers, also blitzing safeties. All the stuff we talked about last week, it happened. So we started positive because I know there's been some negative murmurings on Chargers Twitter, but from my perspective, aren't there always? Aren't there always? You know, we've won three games in a row and we beat a rival. We're four and two, feeling good, baby. Absolutely, absolutely, so good. Um, I think a big shout out is deserving for Jamari Salia. He was awesome at left tackle once again. Um, one pressure from his 93 snaps, and look, let's be let's I'll, I'll call it pretty early. If for the pressure that Baron Browning was getting around Trey Pipkins, if we were if Herbert was copying that from both sides, it's it's death. Game over. Um, yep. And you know, Herbert for mine had one of his his worst games as a Charger, and that happens. And we're not going to crucify him, although <clears throat> amazing that I guess we've seen super stuff from him. But Staley has a bad game and it's head on a spike kind of attitude. Not probably that those Denver posts were almost more eloquent than some of the Chargers tirades I read to just mind blowing. Um, but yeah, look, the rest of the O line really struggled. We we sort of thought that might happen with mm. Lindsley not suiting up. We'll clap two pressures and a penalty. Um, oh, and one of those pressures he got absolutely smoked. And when he went down injured with an apparent quad, um, he looked dead. I thought he might have perspired, expired, rather. Is that the one where he's face, he's face down yeah. on the ground and it's just like he's just gone complete dead fish? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. just corpse gear. Um, Jack, what else tickled your fancy? Oh, um, I, I on second watch, I thought the first drive, if Bandy gets called – uh, again, sorry, if Denver get called for PI against Bandy, I think we probably go down and score a touchdown. We were rolling. Um, I found that really challenging to watch on the, on the second sort of through because I think the whole game script flips if we score a touchdown on that first drive answering their field goal. So, um, it was a shame that Michael Bandy didn't, didn't sort of pop up a bit more. Um, but you said it, Andy, the, the offensive line really struggled and the, you know, they get coverage sacks. Their secondary is very, very good, the Denver Broncos. And you could just see Herbert is just sticking to his first read a lot of the time. He's sort of really, really hones in on it and oh, wants to force it. And that perhaps is to his detriment. Um, on that second watch, Alistair, you were, were showing some shorts about how in some of those sale concepts that, you know, that, that, that crosser, that late crosser's open over the field. He just needed to hold it a little more. Um, what else was interesting? I, I think to, to quote Matt Down, who's a, who's a Chargers supporter and listens to this, one of my, um, teaching colleagues at school. Hey, I think sometimes, You've just got to win ugly, and that's what he sent me. He says, "Wow, what a game!" But you know what? You got to win ugly sometimes, and I think that's what we did, which is Good which which was pleasing ugly. to see. They do. That's, Good teams win ugly. Yeah, Top absolutely. Five biggest NFL tropes. Good teams. Yeah. If you look around the league; it's hap- it's happening all over the league. It's as even exactly. as it's ever been. This is the time of the year you bank your wins, you withstand injuries, and then you hope you get a bit healthier as the season develops, and you try to round into form around the playoffs. That's what the Bengals did last year. Well, that's what you have to do. I mean, everyone's still playing for playoffs, right? You know, six weeks in, you're two and three, or five weeks in, you're two and three, you're four and two, you're, you're two and four. You know, if you get on a run, you know, you can still perhaps make make the playoffs. But in the next couple of weeks, you start to see perhaps um, endeavor drop a little bit, cohesion drop a little bit in those teams that are only two and three wins, and you start having fan bases blowing up and all that kind of stuff. Well, I don't know. The Chargers fan base seems to just blow up no matter if we win or lose. Sometimes we do that too. Um, yeah. Alistair, I, I have a question for you. Um, is Corey Lindsley the most important player on the Chargers? 
he's at least a second or third. I mean, I've, I'm, I'm, we're singing from the same hymn book at this stage. You look at how we play when he's out of the lineup. It is chalk and cheese. Neither of our guards play well. Filer was back down to very low grading. Zion Johnson has three holding calls and he does set the protection. And it's, I mean, it's got to be it. We've seen it now happen enough times that not only do we not get the protection right, but we cannot run the ball. Mm. We can't run it at all. We were, we were back to uh, 73 yards on 24 attempts. So three per carry. Eckler going nowhere, just over and again. So, I mean, no is my answer, but that's not to discount how incredibly important he is. And hopefully his little bell is feeling a bit better next weekend. We need him because they're dropping like flies around him, which we'll get to in a second. But we need Corey Lindsley back ASAP. I'll throw one back to you, mate. I want to talk, I want, and Andy also jump in. It's not just a Jack question. This is a Joe Lombardi question hmm. because hmm. if you look just at a couple of, you know, box stats, Herbert's had really low yards per attempt in this game. I mean, incredibly low. He's at 4.2 yards per attempt. It's so low. And again, the, the average depth of target was under six. Lots of people complaining. A lot of this spot concept which we've discussed a little bit we run spot a lot on stick routes talk to me about Lombardi was this three good games in a row from him or was this back to the shit version of him what can you expect of a play caller when you've got uh all pro left tackle out you've got an all pro receiver out you have a quarterback with broken ribs who is or, or broken rib cage uh, fractured rib cage so he's going to be jumpy you've got your all pro center out I don't mind Herbert getting the ball off at 4.2 to 4.5 as long as we're still moving the chains. I, I don't think there's anything wrong. You can't expect Joe Lombardi to call up this incredible deep shot to who? Who's it going to be? Because Guyton's not there. Who's it going to be? Mike Williams? Jump ball? No, he probably doesn't have the speed to get downfield fast as enough. Well. On yeah. Satan, but, but we don't have anyone to get down the field fast enough because the protection around Herbert is closing in. So I don't know what people want. Uh, like, he still moves the ball. Do I do I want Justin Herbert throwing the ball 57 times, which I think that's what he racked up? Possibly not. But I think Joe is showing that he can adapt given the roster that he has every Sunday. And I think he's doing a, he's doing a good enough job so far. What do you reckon, Andy? Well, I, I had I had exa- almost exactly the same question posed for you, Jack, um, that Alice has asked. So... I, I think he adjusted to the game, game script quite well, recognising that Herbert had next to no time uh, to cook up, allow those deep routes to develop, getting no separation on, uh, for Mike Williams on Pat Sertain. And it's just, it's we don't have the speed. We, we lack sub 4 four forty speed. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have the twitch in our offence. Um, and then some of our pass catchers just drop the ball and, give it straight back to the defense. So um, mm. I, I think I don't understand or respect any want to nag on Joe Lombardi for this game. No, I agree. And, and another point to add to that is that's what we're doing. Look at what Denver did. Ajiro Averro is from the Fangio tree. They played the too high shell all game. They did. It's yep. exactly yep. what teams are doing to stop Joe Burrow. So these deep shots aren't really existent. They're, they're asking you to run stick kind of concepts and matriculate the ball, run the ball, long sustained drives, which is what we 
did. So would it be nice if we hit the turkey hole in the cover two every now and then in the seams and in between the safety and the corners? Yes. But as Andy just said, we don't necessarily have the speed to get there in time. So the way we approached it, we just put 19 points up against the Broncos and it was the second most points any team has scored against them so far. So if you're one of the anti-Lombardi types, you're wrong. No, no, you can think whatever you want, but this was good. It's three wins in a row and the offense is moving in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, What I will say is though that some of those spot routes that you mentioned before, it's becoming a little bit predictable. Um, And there's a lot of routes that have receivers really close to each other, which makes it far easier to defend with a, a number advantage. So, We'll probably get into the injuries and stuff going forward for this week, but we're probably not going to see Kane and Allen suit up against the Seahawks. So we've got another week of, and and potentially a couple of guys in the concussion protocol, we've got another week of this, if not worse. Um, John Hightower at wide receiver. Beg your pardon? Um, But what, what can you do with that? You can only... You can only do your best with the cattle that you have. So, It, it um, would be absolutely remiss of Joe Lombardi to draw up these deep long shots and have Herbert getting crunched for eight, nine, ten, ten times a game. It's just stupid. So I don't – I will. I will say for these people who are looking for these deep shots because they look sexy and they get big out, yeah, but you realise that you're putting your quarterback at risk. So I don't know. You can't have your cake and eat it too. It's, it's, it's 50-50 there. Um, Andy, I, I had something for you at, at your mate Horvath. Where's he gone the last couple of weeks? Which is a it's a weird one because, you know, we are getting the ball out to Michelle Kelly when he's on the field and Eckler, but it seems to be that Horvath's completely kind of disappeared. Um, you know, what, what are your thoughts on that? I I don't really ever think we saw much of him as like a even like a third down back or a short mm. yardage back. We've got him tried. Um, yeah. yeah, we've got Sony Michelle for that and all the other ridiculous things that Sony Michelle's used for. <laughs> First downs. And um <laughs> uh so I don't I don't see him in that. He's been a you know, a lead blocker um for some of those runs. There was one quite infuriating uh, pass to him that went incomplete and he was open for the first down near out of bounds late in the game mm. and Herbert kept looking upfield. Yeah. Um, so, look, I don't think he's a, a top go-to guy in the passing game, uh, even out in, out in the flat. Uh, and I think the later that the game got with how we needed to move the ball downfield, uh, he just doesn't get sort of recognised. So while we're still yeah. trying to develop Austin Eckler and Josh Kelly or uh, well, for the next month, it's going to be a lot more Sony Michelle um, and hopefully another guy, which we'll, we'll get to in a little bit. Um, hmm. uh, yeah, I, look, maybe maybe with Kelly out, we might see a little bit more Horvath, but I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't let's know see more we, Xander. Come on, Brandon. Yeah, let's see some I'd more. Like let's it. see more Xander. Yeah, he's standing there with his, with his rig out. And <laughs> all beast. the all, all the time he's got his shirt off. Yeah, yeah. it's a big boy. Fuck, I would if, it, if I was if I was that rig. All right, well <laughs> let's um let's move on to the defense. I'm going to start with a question to you, Alistair. Even though it has been announced that he will start, if you had the call, would you sit Jackson this week and let him chill out oh, until the Falcons after the bye? Here we Get go. Get his head right. Just have a good couple of weeks. Make sure that ankle is a hundred percent. 
uh, over the, the next fortnight with the week off and let him hit the ground running, hopefully, uh, against the Falcons. I'd cut him. <laughs> no, um, on a, on a stance, I, I I would sit I would sit JC Jackson for the time being, and I know I've been the big champion for the signing. He's he was actually a favourite of mine before we signed him. I was always yeah. talking about this guy, New England, who keeps picking the ball off. The facts are he's playing really poorly at the moment in man and in zone. He looks lost. He's low on confidence. I can't help but think there's an element of not knowing the scheme, residual soreness, even if he's not going to use it as an excuse. The bit I cannot really accept, though, is you've dropped a player for performance mid-game. The player who replaced him excelled. The defense looked significantly better in the second half. I think that sets a bad standard to now give Jackson back his spot. I think he needs to earn it through practicing really well and being really good in practice. And I t- you might think, listeners, that um, I'm being inconsistent because I was saying I want Adderley to come back straight away for Gilman this week. Mm. But there is a difference there because Michael Davis has showed he's, he can play at a high level in the NFL. He's shown that from time to time. And when he came in against the Broncos, he played really well. Whereas I thought when Adderley went out of the lineup against the Browns, one, Gilman's never really shown he can play at the NFL level consistently as a starter. And I thought even though he had that pick, he didn't really have a good game. So I was glad they went back to Adderley. Whereas Jackson, you know what? The the coach has just given you a chance. Everyone's given you a lifeline. Make Show us. You've got a chance to man up on DK Metcalf this week. He should suit your strengths in man coverage as a bigger guy. But we're seeing some deeply concerning stuff on the field. And it's attitude related too. Like his body language post-completion is not what you expect of a top flight corner. Anything I've said that you disagree with, Jack? I do, yeah. I I disagree. I disagree with the... Uh, the idea that you should sit him and wait after the buy. If he's going to come out publicly and say that it's not my body, it's not my heel, it's actually just purely mental. Mm. Um, we don't know the discussions that they've had behind the scenes. Maybe it's been the fact that, okay, JC, can you try and fit in? Can you, can you try and play in this scheme? Can you play a little bit of zone with a little bit of man? Clearly not happening. If he's gone away, he's been benched. That's a pretty big, strong sign in the middle of a game. You've benched a top five, arguably, arguably top five corner on Monday night football, not mm. on Sunday, Sunday afternoon football. You've, everyone's seen that. You've got to give a guy a chance to bounce back straight away. Yeah. Two weeks is two, is a long time in the NFL. And that's a long time for a person who perhaps is struggling uh, with sort of the, the mental aspect of the game to sit and twiddle your thumbs and go, well, don't I feel a bit down and out for myself? So I think I think it's the right decision to get him back out in the field, but I think the leash will be shorter. If there's those yes. blown coverages once or twice, I don't think – I think it's, mate, you've got to come off and Davis, you're on. Then you're getting into a fairly dangerous kind of region with um, not only you're like, okay, can this guy actually play at the LA Chargers? Now, we're not there yet, but um, yeah, so I think starting in this week, go out, be a dog on Metcalf. Isn't it great? Because it's a good conversation. You've got um, integrity in front of the locker room that we reward performance on the one hand. And then, Jack, I know you're coming from this as a, like a teacher, you've got the confidence of the individual. And what will it mean to this fantastic player if when he's already feeling shit, 
we actually keep him off for an additional week. And maybe you know that that's going to be bad in the long term. Do you see yeah. it on either side, Andy? We've both uh, given it a crack. Well, what yeah, you, I, you can decide. I, I wouldn't. Yeah, I'll just weigh up your the pros and cons of both of your points. No, no, no. I wouldn't. I wouldn't sit him. I think he's the star free agent, twenty million dollar cornerback. Um, start him, um, and let him get back there. You know, he's not going to improve sitting on the bench. Uh, he's not going to. He doesn't have the opportunity to show it and he's only going to get better by if it's mental which is what he's saying it is he came out with all those tweets and those messages about what he's capable of um it's all in his head apparently at the moment he's just he's not quite there mm. meshed in with the keyed in with the defense um that man's own didn't even know what kind of role he was playing on that Dolchich tight um touchdown uh so look uh, yeah, I'd, I'd play him, and I think that's the only way that you're going to sort of see him improve. Mm. But um, look, other than JC Jackson uh, having a rough one, yeah, big special mention for Michael Davis. He played uh, 55% of the defensive snaps once after halftime, so that obviously includes overtime, and also 73% of the special team snaps. That's a heck of a workload. Uh, one pass breakup, one reception for five yards, and I think that was a tackle as soon as, you know, it's just a, a quick release. So, uh, But you're right, it, it really changed the dynamic of um, the Broncos' offense in the second half and in uh, overtime. So that was that was awesome to see. And, yeah, a really, a really good uh, coaching adjustment from Brandon Saley and then how well he acknowledged it in the presses afterwards. Uh, I was... I was going to say, um, I was going to say, Andy, I'll, I'll, cause you've just mentioned kind of a question that I was going to ask. I'll open it up to both of you, um, Andy or Alistair, or maybe, maybe Alistair, um, you can go first. Do you think coaching ultimately won this game? Yeah, I do. Yeah, great. I do. Cause I, I, I kind of feel like the sport in general is, a, is, is about who can view what's happening in real time mm. and make the necessary changes. They've all got the software and equipment now that they can replay each play as you go and actually coach with live film, which is incredible. So when you get that chance to go off on halftime and then come out and make what we did, which was some wholesale changes, we blitzed way more frequently in the second half. We identified something and they just, they died. The offense mm. completely died. Now, our offense, it's not like we took off in the second half, but that was never going to happen with all the people we had out and how good that defense is. We at least maintained what we did in the first half on offense and then coaching brought us back on defense. So, yes, I think you, I think it was critical in this game. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I think you've just, we've, for the for the amount of negativity that Brandon Staley got last week and, you know, we played a bit of a game and do you go for it, do you not? I think this is where the whole coaching of the defense will just slip off quietly under the rug or off into the sunset. No one, no one's really mentioned it too much, but I think, you know, I think the great thing about this podcast is that we go, no, we need to realize that the adjustments that Brandon Staley, the coach Staley made won us the game. Those were the steps. And it might not be the critical fourth down that gets it to cap it off or to whatever it is. It's the big, uh, the glory call. It's just the small adjustments. Um, and we've got to really appreciate that because, um, we've got to take the good with the bad and you have got, we've got to celebrate this. We have to celebrate it because as you said, Alistair, it's, it's one of the best coaching performances perhaps from him so far. 
Now, whenever you lavish, pro- no, you go, Andy. We've been. Tom <clears> well, I'm going to jump out. right in and Please. say I, I completely agree with what you said. Uh, what I think you're missing is the last two and a half minutes of regulation time. You Ooh. took it out of my mouth. Go on. Well, uh, Tranquil gets the sack, nine yard loss, or goes to from thirty nine, whatever it was, two thirty nine on the clock. We've got three timeouts. Now, rather than calling a timeout and forcing the clock to stop and Denver to then punt. Mm-hmm giving us a play before the two-minute warning. We let it bleed down. Uh, then in the final minute and a half, the yeah, clock that was management, fucked. Al and I were sitting next to each other on the couch, literally doing this. Time out! Call time out, Brandon, if you can hear us. Five hours later, call a time out. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, the um, like I said, the completion to Horvath for no game, for no gain. We then called the time out with one second remaining. And I'm guessing that was just so we didn't lose from a mishap on the... Uh, eventual Hail Mary. So I'll tell you the bad one that you're talking about, Andy. It's a third and five. There's a minute and three seconds left in the game. That's a, that was a bad we one. Com- yeah, we completed <clears throat> Sorry, yeah. to Eckler for a first down. We have three timeouts, and we should have used one there at 58 seconds left. Yep. Instead, we let the clock roll down to 43 seconds, snap at first and 10. We still have three timeouts. We've just burnt 15 seconds. We're still 70 yards away from the end zone. So that's yeah. one of those ones where or could have won the game in regulation. Mm. Well, you just there was so much value in having the clock stopped when you run a play, considering we could not stretch the field. We were not looking remotely like we were going to mm. execute a Hail Mary, but even like a 20-yard, like a big-time throw, uh, it just didn't look as we were just checking down. The offensive line were just crumbling. So on defense and special teams. Uh, back to the coaching, um, the win on coaching, whilst I think that we sort of almost lost it on coaching to a degree there, um, or we maybe we could have just won it earlier. Big praise has to go to special teams coordinator Ryan Ficken. Uh, he fucking fucking. He, he, <laughs> he, he trained the, our gunners to be heads up for the... Um, the secondary blocker or the return blocker. Um, Jesse Taylor saw that, was it Polk, Polk, the safety, mm. standing right in front of Washington. And there was also some real, real nasty chat on the uh, the play before. He goes, man, I'm coming. I'm going to get you. And he got him. Perfectly legal. Pushed the return blocker into the returner. Muffed the punt. And then Dean Leonard, the two boys, the back-end boys from the draft last year, <laughs> jumped on that. And look, the rest is history, but what a heck of a story. Ryan Ficken, Jasir Taylor and Dean Leonard um, really riding all those wrongs that we saw, especially from Dean Leonard, uh, in the preseason and all the concern. Why are we concerned over a sixth-round cornerback? Corner I don't know. JP Scott, praise to him as well, uh, doing, doing the job on the kickoffs. And Hopkins, the king, four from four on the field goals, one from one PATs, 13 points, strained hammy. I have to apologize. I owe, I owe him an apology. I, I promised the listeners that he would cost us a game, is what I said. Trust me, keeping this guy is going to cost us a game. He's just won us a game, completely won us the game. So I will eat my hat and humble pie and anything else you want to send me in the mail, listeners. Just reach out. I can send you my address. I'll eat it. 
because I deserve it. And Dustin Hopkins... <laughs> he was a nice he, piece of shit. <laughs> he, he, he won us the game and it was just fantastic to see. Just with all of the trauma associated with Chargers kickers over the years, to see a, a kicker with a, a torn hamstring take us to victory was so good, Andy. We hugged for about eight seconds, <laughs> dicks touching. Don't and don't underestimate the power. Don't, don't underestimate the power of two rookies, special teams winning the game, and how much confidence that builds. Not only in your, you know, your, um, uh, you know, your Jasia Taylor and um, and your Dean Leonard, but also Hopkins, but also the all of special teams that just binds. You saw Derwin James after the game. He's gone nuts. Derwin James was hot. Derwin James was really fired up. Um, so I think, you know, all around, you know, could it have been a better game script? Yes. Could we have won it earlier? Yes. Is this going to be sort of this, the game on America's, on America's game when they play and they go, this is when the Chargers really came together and, and then the Super Bowl winning run. Who knows? It has shades of that. Listen, I don't want to put the mockers on us, but well, you just um, did on air. So I just did on air. So there we go. We're winning the Super Bowl, folks. And your record uh, prediction's still alive, mate. 15 and two still on the way. I'm still alive, baby. I'm still alive. Yeah. Living, living dangerously. Golly, how much better is four and two than three and three? Oh, God. 100%. And after the, the Chiefs lost to the Bills. Just so good. A crazy whack weekend of football, but really good. Really yeah. good. I just got to say, um, for Staley, the way that he has been going for it on fourth downs, we had a turnover on downs at the Denver 39, something like that as well, or thereabouts. Um, we don't want to rely on our kicker making big, uh, having you know, big field goal attempts. To force it into overtime and then rely on your injured kicker, the the ball sack on Brandon Staley, just smugly walking out of there going, I trust my men. Okay. All right, mate. Because if Chargers lose that one 19-16, I'm not going to say any... No, no, no. I'm not going to say it would happen because that's not how... Sean Payton was in the stands, mate. Yes. Sean Payton was watching. Shawnee, Shawnee, Shawnee. That's not how the Chargers do business. They're not going to fire a coach before his contract ends and pay two coaches for one guy to do the job while the other guy sits on his ass or goes and gets employed elsewhere, which he would. Uh, so I just don't think any of that's going to happen. All right, Jack, uh, mate, let's let's play a game of snakes and ladders. Uh, you go up the snake, you come, you go up the ladder, you come down the snake. <laughs> Apologies. You can Through go up the snake, snake mate. Let's see, let's hey, we're, uh, we're an open podcast. If you want to go up a snake, that's fine. <laughs> it might be better than going down the snake. Uh, it might be the last thing you do. Give us a ladder and a snake, Jack. Yeah, um, I will go to Zion Johnson, and I'm going to go roll again. I'm not. He's not. You're not going to go up. You're not going to go down. It's just roll again. He you had probably the rules in these games. Eh, yeah. That's what I do. Um, he <laughs> I didn't have a did, didn't have an amazing game, but I still this you is know worse he's than the spork. <laughs> Is he six games in or four or five games in, whatever he is, six games in? Um, roll again. I mean, a lot of people would put him as a snake and go, he's dropped, but he's a rookie. I still thought he held up okay. Uh, and I'm doing a future ladder with Kelly's injury. I'm putting Isaiah Spiller shooting up a ladder. And I hope we see him on the field in the next couple of weeks just to see what we've got. So there we go. I've done some. I've, I've thought I'd make it a little more creative than just simple. So there we go. No, no, some synergy with us because my snake is Josh Kelly. 
and you, he's played so well, but our memories are short in the 21st century. We look at too many screens. He hurts himself. He comes out of the game. We will forget quick smart if Isaiah Spiller comes in and plays really well. And it's a two to four week injury. So it's very sad for Josh Kelly. He's my snake, but not through bad performance. The ladder. I actually like a few ladders, but I'm going to just go with one because he's fast becoming my favorite charger and his name's Bryce Callahan. Oh, yes. To watch how quickly he di- diagnoses screens and comes flying in tackling is just Amazing. beautiful. And you're not seeing so many pass breakups, but he has already had two interceptions. And do you know why? Because he's got his man covered. You're not throwing to a man who's covered. He has been so much better than Chris Harris Jr. was, who oh. is the bigger, brighter name. PFF and others were down on this signing. They said Callahan wasn't too good in Denver last year. He's never played more than 13 games in a season. We'll still find out about that. But since he's come in, he has been beautiful in the slot. He does it all. He blitzes. He defends against the run. He bats down passes. He picks it off. Well done. Right up the ladder. 10-meter ladder for you, Bryce. Do they exist? (laughs) If you're a fireman, maybe. Yeah. (laughs) You climb a few roofs at work, Andy. 10-meter? No, I usually use a scissor lift or a boom for 10 meters. It's just a little bit more safer. You want to give us a scissor lift then? I'll give you a scissor snake, and it's on the it's on the down function, and it's a bit of a cheap shot, but it's JC Jackson. Um, oh, that first yeah. half was on oh. on the watch. Look, excluding everything that's going on off field, um, he's a pro, and the if his foot's good, his play sucked, oh. and it was. I'm sure he was far more frustrated than myself the two of you and every other Chargers fan combined with his own performance. Mm. But you're getting paid to do a job and uh, we we need you. This show needs you to be JC Jackson. I need you. <laughs> uh, Come on, JC. As for a ladder, I'm going to give my ladder because I've mentioned most of my other ones already just in general chat. Nasir Adderley. Bench last mm. week for Aloha Gilman. Um, I thought he he did a he did a pretty good job. Um, I felt Agreed. a lot safer with with Nas in the backfield while we roamed Derwin, spying him through the the middle of the field and allowing him to get a, a really good sack. Um, so welcome back, Nas. Played all the snaps. Um, he'll Staley's really happy with him, so mm. it's not going to be. At least next week, a uh, another Aloha Gilman start. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I've got another unfortunate snake, and it's due to injury. It's Donald Parham. Uh, he comes back and makes some really nice catches, and he kind of changes the offense a little bit. Yep. But if he's going to be in concussion protocol, and I didn't see the injury, I couldn't see it. I was looking for it. I couldn't find it. Do you know, it's Jack, re- it was on his second catch in the middle of the field. He catches it and goes down. And Andy and I said, oh, he just did this weird thing after. And he got did up he? and played on. Okay. I not, a, not like a that spasm. Was the incident. It looked yeah. like he, from the camera angle that we saw, it looked like he landed on his shoulder. It might have been okay. residual head impact, but he yeah. grabbed at his helmet like. 
Yeah, so, I hope. I just hope he's okay because he 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 is a guy that sneaky changes the offense a little bit in the way he that did. he can run. He's great, and he's a he's a he's he's got that. He just finds wrinkles. He's a he's sort of a roaming that tight end. He roams and finds me. He sort of pops up, and he's got some speed too. So unfortunately, yeah, I'm going to give Parham a snake, and hopefully he can get back out in the field. Um, that's not for performance. Maybe that's a bit of a cheap shot, but um, yeah, it was just. I guess I took that as it's really sad to see. Uh, I'm going to say Jamari. No. No, I'll say Jaseer Taylor, ladder, Jaseer Taylor, ladder, Jaseer Taylor, ladder. Let's hopefully he gets out in the field um, and he just keeps building confidence. Good on you, mate. You won us the game. Nice. I'm going to go one and more of each. My ladder is going to be, this is tough. You both deserve it. It's Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle yeah, for, okay. th- for two or three third and short carries where he braced past initial contact and stumbled and bumbled for the first down. He actually had 30 yards after contact on the day. So and 28 total yards. So right. Crazy stat. Work that one out. So he, he did his role. When Kelly came out of the game, he wasn't the reason why things stopped working. He actually got some important first downs. My snake, he actually wears a different uniform and his name's Melvin Gordon. And mm. he was visibly unimpressed with his coaching staff on the sidelines and the cameras boy they know when they've got some popcorn grade television sitting right there on the sidelines they panned to him and they did not move and he was just relentlessly shaking his head he looked like he had some sort of condition he was that upset his presser Um, after the game in the locker room was really fun to watch as well him and him and judy were going at each other too i saw that so here's here's my snake uh melvin have another fumble brother Jack, have you got any more fun ones before we shoot over to the Seahawks preview? Uh, nah, I'm I'm pretty much good to go. Nah, all good. Let's go Seahawks. Right all right, well, just some just some charges news from the week. Palmer and Parham both in concussion protocol, which, as Jack mentioned, is a little bit worrying. Joshua Kelly innocuously sprained his MCL, which is the same injury as Trey Pipkins, so he'll miss two to four. Dustin Hopkins strained hammy on his kicking leg, also expected to miss near a month. Uh, Keenan trending positive, but according to Daniel Popper on Twitter, I think Keenan himself would like to take this week, uh, extra week, you know, heading into the bye just to continue resting and being 100% right. We'd hate to see him come back and then miss more time because he's not ready. Um yeah, look, as I said, JC Jackson apologizing to all the fans, the Charger world. Um he knows he's better, the coaches know he's better, so he's just got to get his head right and and do all that stuff. I thought that was worth a mention, just his sort of presence. Um yeah. knowing that you yeah, know, it's not him. <clears throat> so that's good to good to hear. I agree. Uh, and look, you know, in the press conference Staley sort of rightfully made JC accountable. We've seen it go the other way and Nas be the scapegoat, be it right or not. Uh, the blow up TD and the big completion to Hamler where um, JC just locked locked onto the QB for far too long and got blown out mm. by a fast guy. He's not going to run a deep dig. It's KJ Hamler. Uh, praise for Nas, as I mentioned before. Um, oh, and... Uh, Gerald Everett's battling with a bit of illness. He didn't practice today, so maybe he's been bumping uglies with Corey Lindsley and got a bit of mono. Uh, All right. (laughs) All right. 
Okay. All right. Interesting. The Seahawks have just knocked off the Arizona Cardinals in a divisional <laughs> in a divisional battle, nineteen to nine. Uh, Geno Smith bit subpar um, on his season standards. Three for one ninety-seven, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions, sixty-five percent completion. Sacked five times for thirty-seven yards. Kenneth Walker, mm-hmm. another rookie running back that has embraced this league and has has us as Chargers fans with one of ours in the waiting pretty hopeful that he follows suit. Um, backed up his big week five against the Saints this week, tallying 97 yards and a touchdown from 21 attempts. So it's not necessarily his yards per attempt output. He had a few great running plays, but it's his moves. He's like a joystick. His side-to-side stuff is crazy. When you consider what he's got blocking him from the Seahawks' offensive line, oh, man, he's fun to watch and something to be concerned about. The defense pressured Kyler all day. He looked rubbish unless he was running with the ball himself. Didn't Um, do his homework. No. (laughs) Uh, Six sacks by the Seahawks' defense, 10 tackles for loss, seven QB hits. Uh, linebackers Jordan Brooks and the fourth-round rookie Kobe Bryant notching near 20 tackles between them. Tariq Woolen, um, really fun <laughs> kind of story, adding to his interception tally on the year, making it four. Um, Did you hear about what he said after the game? No, I didn't. He goes, why would you throw to a six-foot-four corner who runs 4.26? Oh, he's oh. back. He's, 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 he's walking the walk. Uh, well, I, I don't mind that. I don't mind talking the talk once you've done it. Just going well. It might have been his fourth pick on the year or something. Yeah, yeah. fourth interception it's, for the year. This is new Richard Sherman, it sounds like. Go. Um, and yeah, the Seahawks just did enough when it mattered to get into field goal range on the day. And that was the winner. Four field goals to one. As I said, 19 to nine. Three and three Seahawks. Mm. Jack, uh, what do you see as the most concerning aspects of this Seattle team for the Chargers heading into this game? Yeah, well, you mentioned Geno had a bit of a down game, but if you told me that Geno Smith was 138 for 188 at 73.4%, over 1,500 yards at eight yards per attempt and nine touchdowns and two INTs, uh, I'd be going, huh? Who? Doing the Tim Uh Toolman Taylor. Uh, so, you know, he's, he's playing at a really, he's playing at an elite level. I mean, he's, he was in PFF's top three quarter, uh, quarterbacks. Um, I think he might have dropped out after last week, but, um, yeah, he's, he's playing really well. So you've got Kenneth Walker running the ball and see the Seattle, you know, system has a strong running game. You've got a quarterback who's playing well. Um, and I think they also have one of the sneaky, best receiving tight end cores in the league with Will Disley and I thought Noah Fant. I thought Noah Fant's actually a really good tight end, and they got that in the trade with Denver. And yet, then you've got Lockett and Metcalf, and that's that's there. They're four really good, quite versatile weapons as well. This is going to be a tough game. This is not oh, yeah. going to be easy. Yeah. So, um, Al, did you have any more strengths from the Seahawks? Well, let's look at this trade for Russell Wilson quickly. Do you know what they received for Russell Wilson? Shelby Drew Lock, Shelby Harris, Noah Fant, Charles Cross, Boye Marfe. And a first and a second next year. Ludicrous. Do you reckon they're winning that trade so far? My yeah. God. Um, they are and where uh, the Broncos are this year, yeah. yeah. Super, uh, I mean, we, we barely mentioned that they've got Metcalf and Lockett, two of the best wide receivers in the league. Arguably mm-hmm. the best duo in the league. 
Mm. And I'm not going to expect Gino is suddenly going to have a bad game. That's not what he looks like. If no. he gets the ball out quickly, he's accurate. He's got a big arm. He's made incredible plays with his legs. He's, I didn't even realize, who was the guy who was back up to Philip Rivers back in the day with us? He looked like he didn't know which end of the football to hold when he oh, threw it. Are you it. talking about Cardale Jones? <laughs> he was with us, Gino Smith. Yeah, I, I know that. Thanks. <laughs> Seriously, like he looked as bad as Cardale. Yeah, and yeah, now, he like, he's the second-ranked quarterback in the entire NFL. It's crazy. Um, yeah. I guess the sneaky strength, uh, their young offensive line is better than I probably thought they would have been at this stage. Yeah. I'm not saying it's the strength of the team, but it looks like Cross and mm. Lucas's rookies' bookends, they're holding their own. And even the interior interior has been okay. Only only 10 pressures from the Cardinals last week. So, yeah, they've... We, they've got lots and lots of strengths. We've just listed mm. them all and left you with none, Andy, unless you can no, pull one out well, your Well, I, I think, um, I do think that Gino turned about 45% of pressures into sacks. So, um, but some news I've seen, neither Penny Hurt nor Tyler Lockett practice today, both with hamstring injuries. You know okay. how that goes, but that could be interesting. Mm. Um not too many more strengths. I feel like I am lining myself up to eat my words after the scathing review I gave from the, for the Seahawks in our opponent series earlier in the year. But I will be just like you guys and absolutely own, I did not expect this out of Geno Smith, his second year in Shane Waldron's system, and he looks like he has complete control of it. When he gets a little bit of time with the, uh, with the separation that those receivers can generate it's um yeah it's it's been shocking because i'm not actively thinking of watching seahawks games but i'm seeing this huge scoring spree against detroit and detroit went toe to toe but you know they're, they're clearly something's working so who knows what about their weaknesses al what do you where do you think the Chargers can can win this game being a bit of a numbers guy, I'll start with just a couple numbers and then throw to Jack for what he sees as weaknesses. A good one is even though their offensive line is improved, their numbers are really weird. So Yeah, the, I agree. The, the sacks that they've given up, their sack rate through their first six games, 2.2% of the sacks are coming on first down. 1.4% of downs, they're getting sacked on second down. On third down, they're getting sacked on 207 percent of downs those stats mean nothing if you don't compare them to others across the rest of the league third down sack percentage is usually 9.8 percent and they're sitting at 20.7 so something weird is happening on third down they're the worst in the league uh so that's one weakness potentially to exploit the other weird one is even though the offense is humming they're 31st in the league in red zone offense they're six of 18 so they've only converted touchdowns one third of the time. So there, there are a couple of things where you look at that and you wonder, well, you've got Lockett, you've got Metcalf, you've got a running mm. back, tight ends. Why can't you get a ride in the red zone? Is it something about Geno? When so look, there are a couple of weaknesses. Um, what say you, Jack? Yeah. Also, even though Tariq Woolen is intercepting and looking okay, I mean he's still a rookie. Uh, and, and below that, Artie Burns and Quandre Diggs are playing okay. 
Um, and then you've got Isaiah Dunn in the in the secondary at cornerback, and then it goes all the way down to like Kobe Bryant. I'm just looking, having a quick look at PFF grades here, and you know they're they're just above 50. So I think their secondary will be something yeah. to attack. Um, their pass rush, I'd again, Alistair, do you have any numbers on their pass rush? Chenna Nawosu, yeah, they're get, they're getting really good uh, production out of the guys that they've brought in, Quinton Jefferson, um, Shelby Harris. They're, that's pretty much what's keeping that defensive line together is the the new faces, and it's just yeah. molded well together. Um, Puna Ford's still a bit of a liability in in uh, run defense. Um, yeah, I'm sort of like I'm looking at them. I'm looking. I'm looking. Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm just looking at their pass rush, and their pass rush is probably one of their more weaker units. So, mm. if we can attack their cornerbacks, um, you know, and and hold up on the offensive line, our offensive line, you know, hopefully we could, you know, get some production through the air. Yeah, yeah. They just had a good game against the Cardinals, right? They played really well in that game we just yeah. watched. But across the season, they're thirtieth in yardage, thirty first against the run. 31st in points allowed. Like, they're the worst defense in the league across basically every main metric, Hmm. but have these little bits and pieces. So our offense has a chance to feast in this one if some of our receivers play. Hmm. Yeah, and if we don't just drop the ball all the time. I really like the way that our front seven played against the Broncos, and I think this is a really good opportunity for them to double down, bring that pressure, maintain that blitz package, Rate, um, and just un unnerve Geno Smith, especially if they're missing receivers like Tyler Lockett. He's been their their go to guy. Obviously, Metcalf's kind of more explosive, but Tyler Lockett's really moving the chains for them. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with their injuries. Um. Oh uh, yeah, Artie Burns and I think Asai Dunn both sat out practice as well with soft tissues today. So who knows what will what we'll end up against. Um, uh, uh, Jack, what are your, what do you think Staley's likely game plan is? What are, what are the keys to victory? Establish the run. Yep. Let's get that. Let's, let's establish the run for the pass. Uh, last week we substituted the pass for the run. I'd like to see Justin Herbert throw the ball less. I would like to see our defense contain Geno Smith and make him a pocket passer. I'd like to see. He's pretty dangerous with his legs. Yeah, he's, he is. He's not and, and you know, and the and Seattle offense have been used to someone back there um, ad libbing. So keep him in the yeah, keep him in the pocket. And I think we see a big game from Justin Herbert. I have a feeling because we're not going to be kicking much because we're going to have uh, what's it, Bert Bertolet in. So I think this is going to Bertolet. be a Bertolet, sorry. This is going to be a Staley fourth down game. I can just feel it. Like, this is going to be a Staley fourth down game. I just feel like okay. he's going to he's got his big bows. He's going to bring him to the bring him to the field and put him out there. Well, he didn't seem like the gambling man really. I mean, he didn't have too many opportunities last week, but he hasn't really seemed like the gambling man. Like someone's canceled his fan duel account. He's just going a little bit more conservative compared to what he did last year. Um what's What's the identity? What's the identity of Coach Staley in these charges? 23 games in and we're still sort of identifying. We don't know what we're going to get. We don't know what the philosophy is. We know that there's hodges and podges of it, but 
can we see... Hey, Bill Belichick made together? his name off that, right? <laughs> Different game plan each week against your opponent. Do what you got to do. Yeah. Like I said, good teams win ugly, and it's any given Sunday. You yeah. Especially this year. can only be compared yeah. to the team that you're playing on the day. It's really easy to get sucked into, oh, yeah, but he's giving up this many yards or this many... We're failing on this many fourth downs. Hmm. Yeah, There's a reason why he's doing it. Stick to your guns, Brandon Staley. Don't get sucked in by any of the bullshit media. We believe in you. Uh, I think containing Kenneth Walker is going to be a big uh, task. But like I said, I'm going to back our run defense in as we did last week. Did a really good job to boot Donkey Gordon out of the game and then contain Latavius Murray. He's typically a, a runner that we struggle against, a guy that can big guy who can break tackles, take good angles, and yeah, we, we did a pretty good job on him. So, Jack, what's your prediction? What's going on? Are we uh, this I, one? J- I just ran through it in my very basic year five maths. Uh, I'm going 35-27, and I'm saying we don't kick a field goal. I'm saying we go five touchdowns straight. And they're scoring three tutties, two field goals. Three, three tutties, two field goals. Nice. I'll jump Out. in. Chargers 24, Seahawks 17. And if we can limit explosive plays, which has just been a consistent theme all year, that's how we lose this game if we see the explosive plays, right? If you've got this Lockett, Metcalf stuff, you know, we're in trouble. They only mm. scored 19 points last week, so we've got a chance to limit the explosive Against plays. Against the cards as well. Mm. Yeah, get real exotic on third down. I'm still not sold on Geno, right? He's playing well, but he's Geno Smith. Let's cook him up. Let's blitz yeah. him. Let's make him show his wares, win the game by a touchdown, go into the bye five and two. Yep, I like it. Chargers win at home for me for four on the trot. I'm going 24-20, a little bit more of a closer encounter because... We can't have fun watching the Chargers football, really, until the final whistle blows. It is always stressful as shit, but we love our powder blues, and uh, we love you guys for listening. So we look forward to catching up with you all next week and breaking down this hopeful win against the Seahawks. Uh, Thanks for joining us, guys. We'll see you next time on the Thunder Down Under. See you all. Thanks for listening. Good night to all!